I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 11 to 1 on LMFM. On June 23rd, pop star Britney Spears shared her lengthy testimony regarding her feelings around her conservatorship to the world and it was explosive. The court ordered conservatorship, which has been in place since 2008, after a series of mental breakdowns, is overseen by her father, Jamie Spears, financial management firm Bessemer Trust and caregiver Jodie Montgomery. Spears told a judge she wants the arrangement to come to an end without the need for medical assessment, claiming it is abusive and criticised those overseeing it, alleging she's required to use a contraceptive device and was prevented from getting married. But what exactly is a conservatorship? In what cases would one be put in place? And how can you end one? Is that possible? Joining me now to tell us more is solicitor Elaine Byrne from Regan McEntee in Trim. How are you doing, Elaine? Good morning, Sinead. Thank you for having me on. Oh, it is wonderful to have you back. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this because this is complicated. And let's just say from the get-go that Elaine is not Britney Spears' lawyer. She's only as familiar with the case as kind of the rest of us in all of this, right? So it's complicated. But I think judging from this explosive testimony Britney um, gave a couple of weeks ago, I think a lot of us can understand this Free Britney movement uh, and why so many people are supporting her to, to get rid of this. What did you actually actually make of her statement? Yes, Sinead. Um, yeah, I probably wouldn't have been that familiar with the movement, but yeah, certainly after hearing um, Brittany's testimony, I I think I, I, I might back it now. Um, so a few things occurred to me in her testimony. I suppose she started off at the outset and she said that she hadn't been to court in a long time and she didn't think that she'd been heard on any level when she came to court on the last occasion. She went on then to speak about um, being put on medication, on lithium. As you mentioned there, um, she made allegations about you know being put on birth control. Um, one thing that, that she said that particularly struck me was just in relation to privacy. She said that she had no privacy door for her room, um, you know, that there were various people there and, yeah. you know, just, just yeah, no privacy. Um, another thing, and I suppose from the point of view of a solicitor, she told the judge that she didn't know that she could petition to have the conservatorship ended. Um, you know, and given that it's going on for so long, you'd have to wonder, God, what kind of advice is she getting that she didn't, that she wasn't aware of that? And then I suppose the final thing that really struck me was just that her request seemed to be really reasonable. Um, so she just men- mentioned that she'd like for her boyfriend, you know, or to be able to drive in the car with her boyfriend. Um, she was agreeing to meet a therapist, but she mentioned, mentioned just once a week. 
as opposed to twice a week and for the therapist to come to her home. Um, and she she said that she realised that she needed a little therapy. So I just thought her request seemed very reasonable. Um, yeah, as you said, you know, a very long, very emotional yeah. testimony and very difficult listening, I think, for everybody. Yeah, really. And and as you said there, yeah, completely reasonable. She just wants to do normal things. And judging from kind of reading up, I suppose, on the past and why kind of this conservatorship was put in place in the first place and all the rest of it, the paparazzi are a real issue to her. She has anxiety around leaving the house because of the way that they really attacked her, you could say. So when she goes to a therapist outside of her home, she fears that somebody's going to come out of a bush and take photographs of her looking upset. And this is not what she wants. So this is kind of, you know, as you said, there's so reasonable the requests there's a lot of layers to this but let's break down what exactly is a conservatorship yeah so um i suppose just to say so there isn't this concept in ireland here we have something here known as wardship and i think it would be kind of akin to conservatorship so um it's a concept under u.s law and particularly under californian law and it is where a guardian or a protector can be appointed by a judge to manage the financial affairs, but also the daily life of another person. Um, So the person under the conservatorship, um, so in this case, Brittany, is called the conservatee, and her dad and the others would be called conservators. Now, generally, so certainly wardship here would generally be for, say, you know, maybe an older person who has late stages dementia, or maybe somebody, you know, who has very much special needs. Um, and again, from reading up, it seems that it's the same in America, so that it will be very unusual to have a conservatorship in this circumstance. So generally, it would be for um, yeah, adults at the, the late stages of dementia or you know, other types of mental disorders, but they would be much less common you know, for, for somebody mm. like Brittany. Yeah, this is the thing we we were hearing an awful lot about. Like as you said, it's for more people, somebody that's a lot older, you know, in in dementia, that kind of thing. So she had this very public breakdown in two thousand and seven. Um, and look, at, if you read, there's a great article out there, by the way, that I should just mention. Okay, it's in the New Yorker. It's written by Ronan Farrow and Gia Talentino, and the, it's very detailed and it goes through the entire, I suppose, timeline of of this, right? And it tells you kind of all about two thousand and seven and everything, and it speaks to people that were in the inside circle at that stage, right? So people should check that out if they're interested in this. But um, it was put in place then. Uh, when somebody has a mental breakdown, is it that they can never get out of this conservatorship once they're doing better, they're going to a therapist, that kind of thing? So, yeah, Sinead, yeah, as you said, so we probably all remember, certainly I remember the um, the images of Brittany. I think there was one image, you know, where she was shaving her hair. Yes. And there are loads of paparazzi um, you know, looking at her and it was really, you know, really upsetting. Um, so at the time, she she certainly seemed to be having a lot of difficulties and it seemed um, as though it was her best interest, in her best interest to have this conservatorship um, and her dad instigated it. But yeah, as you, as you say, Sinead, you know, it, it seems to be, you know, very different, say in 2008, you know, to later years and to now, so, um, yeah, I think the, the difficulty and, and really what causes me difficulty is that she's still in this conservatorship. And, you know, you'd really hope that, um, you know, somebody would be able to get out of it, you know, if if you're doing better. And, um, 
you know, certainly Brit- Brittany has done um, a lot since then. So we'll see, you know, if we um, apply it to Irish law here and say if you've a uh, wardship, there is always a mechanism where you, whereby you can apply to court to be removed from okay. wardship. Um, so, you know, you'd imagine that the same would apply in America. And maybe it's a thing, you know, in um, Brittany, in her testimony, she said that, you know, she didn't want to um, maybe let the side down or she, you know, was mm. always reluctant to tell the truth. Um, so maybe the judge wasn't aware um, of how she really felt. But yeah, that to me is, is one of the most distressing things about this is the fact that she's still in this conservatorship and doesn't seem to have been aware that it could be ended or the terms could be changed. Yes, and, and you know, there was she didn't have her consent to this initially, apparently, as well. Judging from her testimony, this is this is what she's saying. So we, what do we know about the early years of this? Because she was performing right up until 2018. And to be fair, to show the other side of this as well, you know, she was losing a lot of money. She was spending quite recklessly. She was, you know, um, you know, things she was down to her last million, apparently. So did, you know, the conservatorship then, you know, in, in terms of them coming in to step in and, and take control of the finances, that could have proved to be extremely beneficial then? Yeah, so I think, um, so according to her dad, Jamie Spears, so um, apparently, so when he started um, this conservatorship, yeah, she was down, you know, was it two million or something, and that now apparently she's up to 60 million. Um, so, and I think... Um, during the time that she's been in this conservatorship, I mean, her workload and her work work rate is just incredible. So uh, I think she's had four albums. She's done four world tours. She was in Las Vegas for a residency. She has her fragrance, um, an Elizabeth Arden perfume. Uh, So she has absolutely done massive, massive work. Um, So... You know, I suppose there is an argument maybe to be made that, um, you know, there were certain benefits of the conservatorship and certainly from a financial point of view. Um, I suppose it occurs to me, Brittany is such an amazing um, artist and singer and dancer and she's been performing from such a young age. But, you know, possibly she missed out on, you know, a lot of of school time, time in school that, that you and I would have you know, we mightn't necessarily have enjoyed it at the time, but we, you know, we had the benefit and have the benefit of our education. So it strikes me, you know, that Brittany, you know, is quite, you know, vulnerable both at the beginning of this, you know, and ongoing. Um, so, yeah, I suppose there's pros and cons. Yeah. Because, um, you know, I, I would be concerned because there's such huge amounts of money involved and all of the people who are making money from Brittany and by con- continuing to have this uh, set up in place, you know, her dad, the, the minders, the lawyers. There's a lot of people making a lot of money. A lot of fingers in that pie. Definitely, there really is. And, uh, you know, the Bessemer Trust now, they have resigned from this, I suppose, due to the maybe the bad publicity and everything else. Again, we don't know the full ins and outs of all of that. But, you know, this request to remove Jamie Spears, her father specifically from the from the conservatorship, even after the passionate statement that she made was denied. So what does this mean now? Is 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 there any hope? Yeah, well look, I think I mean the whole world's media and there's such a spotlight light on this case. So I think things are going to happen. I mean the judge um is going to be really conscious of decisions made and I think the whole law system in California 
Um, so look, I think that um, you know Brittany will make um, her petition for termination. She did mention that she didn't want any more evaluations. I would think it's unlikely that a judge would make you know such a massive decision to end this conservatorship without some form of evaluation. But um, you would think that the judge would appoint the person as opposed to. Um, Brittany's dad and you know you'd hope that Jamie would become or that Brittany even would be comfortable yeah. with with the person and um, there could be you know it's unlikely you know as as you said her dad isn't going to agree to it so there could be some kind of a mini trial it could be behind closed doors Um I just think you know I just wonder I think things will change for Brittany I would just wonder will there be still some form of conservatorism um, or ship even um, and again just bearing in mind the massive amounts of money involved that it might be in Brittany's best interest to have some help in managing yeah. her finance and you know that everybody isn't her you know, best friend and taking advantage of her. Well, this is the thing and there's an awful lot of people, this is the concern that Jamie Spears and the, the counter argument to this is that there are people that they feel are kind of circling and might swoop in there and take advantage of her. It's a very interesting case. It really is. Uh, I mean, in ter- we have to just keep watching the space in terms of this. But I just want to mention very quickly because this is um, something that has kind of been highlighted through this case as well. Uh, it's shining a light on a lot of issues people with disabilities disabilities can experience as well. Tell me about the UN Convention on the Rights of People with Disabilities. And that's uh, something that's in place uh, here as well, isn't it? Yes, yes. So this was, um, this was adopted in 2006. And it was just really interestingly, um, the USA it is a signatory to the convention, but it hasn't ratified it. So I suppose it's given it lip service, but it hasn't actually done anything about it. Um, we have, we have ratified, we've, we're signatory to it, but we also have ratified it. And um, I think the the idea behind it is that, um, you know, somebody with a disability, you know, they're not just an object of charity and, you know, with decisions to be made about, you know, the person's medical treatment and social protection. And instead, I think the whole rationale of this um, convention is that somebody with a disability, they're an individual just like uh, you and me, and they have rights, they're capable of claiming those rights and making decisions for their lives. Um, you know, based on their free and informed consent. So um, in this jurisdiction, we have, um, well, we have a Capacity Act. Now, it's it's the Capacity Act of 2015. It actually hasn't fully uh, been commenced yet. I'm hoping that it's going to be commenced maybe next year, subject to funding. And I'm really excited about it because I suppose the law that we have at the moment, it is quite archaic. It um it literally actually dates back to eighteen seventy one. Wow, okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> that needs to be updated. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And um, you know, the title of the act, Sinead, even is, you know, really um quite offensive. It it refers to the, the lunacy regulations of eighteen seventy one. So yeah, we really need to get our capacity act um in force and um I suppose in the meantime a lot of people might have heard of things called an enduring power of attorney. Um, and so I would see these, it would generally be older people um, who might, you know, or, or be relevant, um, I suppose, if somebody is at the later stages of dementia. So you can make it when you're well and you can say if down the line, God forbid, I get dementia, then I appoint maybe two people and they would act as my attorneys. Um, obviously, you have to trust these attorneys. Yes. Because again, um, they would have total control and I wouldn't have capacity. 
Um, but it is it is available. I think it's a good a good thing to have. Um, yeah, and look, we have wardship, but please God, our capacity uh, legislation will uh, be fully commenced maybe next year. Okay, so we might we might come back to that one when when that does happen. Elaine, thank you so so much for going through all of that with us today. Thank you so much, Sinead. I really enjoyed the chat. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.